0: Humanize myself. Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball?
1: Oh, there it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks with Kevin Dow and Freddie Revis.
0: Hey, yo! How you doing, Matt? Uh, I am doing well, Freddie. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Kevin, you know, obviously is still not here. He's at law school. He's doing an exam right now. Wow. Okay, good yep. luck to Kevin. Good I'm, luck, Kev. I'm sure he's thinking about the Raptors. Yes. Um, we got some super fun guests today. We're going to get right to it. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, I think he's been on the podcast maybe four, five times, three times. Yeah, at least um, me, yeah. You know him from Red Oaks. You know him from everywhere. He's uh, hilarious. He's amazing. His dad's really cool. Give it up for Ennis Esmer.
2: Now that's an intro. My dad's really cool. You hear that, dad? (laughs) He doesn't know how to play podcasts.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: Hello. Was I supposed to talk over the music? Well, you can do whatever you want. I felt yeah. good. I felt like I was coming out to the. Yeah, the dry ice is nice. It's a nice touch. Yeah, it's a good. It's it. a
0: good kind of like fog machine thing, and it's it's a nice homemade fog machine too. It's really good. To...
2: It, you're just actually just feeding kindling into the back of it.
1: Yeah,
0: a dry ice machine. Um, That's how we started i was gonna say speaking of kindling but that's i i i, I want to keep making uh, <laughs> very inappropriate jokes about the la fire oh, which no. there's, there's absolutely nothing funny about it there i'm very isn't. sorry for even thinking that you know um Jeez. anyways uh nothing to do with any of that uh hilarious man good friend um almost a bit of a mentor to me early in the comedy game wow uh please give it up oh. from la <laughs> will really well done <laughs>
3: Is he there? A,
1: just an aggressive organ. Uh,
3: so, so, two things. <laughs> yes. First of all, I can see the smoke from my apartment, you son of a bitch. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and uh, uh, also... I, the whole reason I changed my name to that on Facebook is so that people would not find me. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> you've, uh, you've
2: screwed I, uh, things up with your mentor here.
0: I dropped two balls immediately. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I still remember you buying me a pitcher at the gym on Davenport oh. meant a lot <laughs> at the gym. What? At, uh, there's a, a bar called the Gem, which is at Oakwood and Davenport in Toronto. And Will said, "Don't oh, worry, God. I'll buy the pitcher.
2: What? And then you drank it by yourself?
3: <laughs>
0: no, no, we <laughs> yeah. we drank it
3: together. <laughs> no, I, but... I told Freddie not to pay because uh, I didn't want him drinking at the time.
0: Right? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah. very nice of you. Yeah, there's a bit of like really like you know freaky subtext. Are you <laughs> um, okay over there,
2: Will? What's going on? What, what's the latest with that the the, the fire?
3: Uh, well, I believe there are uh, I, there are I believe three of them. And, uh, one of them is like 5% contained and the other two are like 0% contained. Yikes. Oh my god!
2: Those videos, it looks like just driving in hell. It's terrifying. Yeah. yeah
3: it's, uh, it's, it's real windy and very dry. So yeah, it's that's awful. It's uh, you get to listen to some real depressing interviews with fire chiefs on the radio.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll obviously get to basketball in a sec, but our, uh, I don't really know LA too well. What area do you live in? Is that area in danger? I guess no, all areas are kind of it, in danger. It's right. sort of like a it's sort of like a running
3: joke that generally you need a lot of money to be at risk from the elements in right. this city. Right. But it is like um I mean it's pretty close to some of the some of the like suburbs that are still incorporated into the city i don't know it's a huge city like yeah. you know i i was told to come on a basketball podcast not a goddamn local yeah <laughs> yeah you, group yeah, you know what
2: hey um, i asked a question out of good old-fashioned canadian empathy and caring <laughs> yeah i didn't realize you were this much yeah. this good at compartmentalizing yeah. will
3: <laughs> yeah uh, you no know, i think it was freddie asked for like a uh, like a wanted me to uh play architect and or city engineer and describe the layout of yeah. one of the biggest cities of the world. Oh, look, I, you know
2: what? Can I just, can I just, uh, Will, I hear that you're hurting. Our hearts are with you. Let's move on to something fun to talk about.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's talk about some basketball because, uh, yeah, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm dropping a thousand balls here. Um, and, uh, I love basketball, so I feel like I can't go too wrong there. Um, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah let's, that'll cheer me up yeah. talking
3: about basketball. It will, it will
0: trust me. <laughs> Will it will? Okay, check this out. (laughs) (laughs) Musical segue. Okay, Matt. Matt's he's doing his own version of dropping the ball. He's uh, having a bit of a coughing fit. Oh God! Um, Will, you're you're the special uh, LA guest. I'm gonna hit you with this question first. So uh, we always start with uh, Raptors talk here. If I could okay. just ask one more question about okay. city
2: infrastructure, Will. Right. No, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Freddy. Okay, Wait. here we
0: go. Um, JV, Jonas Valanciunas. Now, yeah. I'm not going to ask, you know, do you think we should trade him? Do you think whatever? I, I'm more interested in the idea of while he's still a Raptor, you know, it's kind of an open secret. He's been on the trading, trading block for about a year and a half now. Um, and we want to move out from his contract, especially after signing a BACA. Um, I mean, at least that's what it seems like what the Raptors, uh, uh, brass, uh, is, you know, aiming for. Uh, but while he's a Raptor, how do you think we max out JV's potential right now?
3: Uh, well, I'd, uh, I'd like to start by thanking you for that sort of, uh, meandering, uh, question that sort oh, of yeah. sprawled the uh, generations and subjects.
2: Uh, this is like the most abusive mentor protege relationship I've ever eavesdropped
3: on. I got
0: some meandering questions. I gotta, I, I gotta deal with that. That's me. You just,
3: uh, you just put them, just put them on the bench. That's like what you do now with like plotting uh, outdated centers. Is you put them on the bench and you let them like beat up on uh, other second units, and then you just sort of you hope, uh, you hope kind of in vain that there's some way to make up for the fact that nobody else on the team is a, is a very good rebounder outside of some of the guards.
0: Right. So are, are you, you know, are you worried about, uh, the size of Jonas Valanciunas, uh, contract? Are you worried about how he'd affect the bench? Um, do you think that he would handle it well, or do you think that all really doesn't matter?
3: Um I mean he doesn't he doesn't handle the fact that nobody likes him well anyway so I don't think that would be a huge difference and uh I'm not super worried about the finances of of Maple Leaf Sports mm-hmm. but um yeah I I don't I don't think it would be any worse than it already is where sometimes the guy plays like you know, 13 minutes a game, and then afterwards everybody writes about how bad he is on defense and how he has no place with the team. Like, I don't I don't know that getting demoted to the bench would make him be like, oh, man, do people not like me or something?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. He's um, already had
2: a pretty rough go in
3: general.
0: And I swear you Yeah, where, I do think they at? kind of
3: blew his development a little bit.
0: You, you think
2: the team did? Yeah. I'm right there with you. I've been a, a fan of, of Jonas' since, since he came up, and I feel like... I have I feel like I've gone back and forth on this in terms of who's, and we've talked about this on the podcast, mm-hmm. who's responsible for it, the failings? What comes first in terms of what everybody seems to accept as unrealized potential, yeah. that every year that he gets older, it becomes more and more glaring that the learning curve isn't as, as steeper than he's able to adapt to, especially yes. given that a massive sea change in the last two years, and especially this year with the team's philosophy and how little he kind of fits in. I, I used to blame Dwayne Casey just outright, but right. there are parts where it's hard to see, it's hard to, it's hard to take an issue with them benching him when he goes out there and, he dis, you know, he'll kind of disappear for possessions or he'll look uh, overmatched by certain bigs, but then also certain small lineups don't work well with him, and it's tough. I don't know. It seems like the wrong era to be who he is. Cause I still feel like on paper, he's so good yeah, and capable of so much, but it, he never really strings together like three great weeks.
3: Yeah. You know? as, as, well, I think part of the blame should probably go to his trainer who like bulked him up to the point where he just can't move very I quickly. I was just going to say
0: that. Well, yeah. Like the, the, there was one season where they were bragging about him becoming much heavier and it's almost like they didn't really read where the league was going. Um, and yeah, also he was he...
3: supposed to be the next Noah originally. Huh? Wow! Yeah. Imagine that. That's like they talked about him in terms of his not his passing, but like his sort of defensive potential, uh, his defensive potential potentials. They were like, this guy could be the next Joakim Noah. He's
2: got to grow out a lot more of his hair if he wants to get that top knot.
3: Yeah, he's also got to become way more annoying as a human being. <laughs> yes,
2: but the passing will the passing.
0: So wait, yeah, I don't think
2: anyone ever thought that was going to come.
0: Yeah, that's true. So. Are are you in agreement that you think we should move him to the bench and you know? Well, what's the, other what's the what's the answer? See,
2: goes to the starts at power forward and Ibaka starts at the five because Ibaka hasn't exactly been. I've been saying wait and see on Ibaka since we got him, mm-hmm. but it seems like within this system and we have like one too many big guys, and in a way, these injuries actually kind of help a little bit because now Casey only has ten players to really play, right, as opposed to twelve, which well, can really gum up the. The works in terms of hot hands, you can't get a good flow
0: going. I think it would, you know, it would probably be um, Jonas for yakup because I don't think you'd be playing yakup and Jonas on the floor together, right? That the, seems to be that
2: seems to be a problem. But um, is that really maximizing what so Siakam goes on the floor? I mean, is Ibaka a, that that sort of went away because we have this problem of too many centers, but. The sentiment at the beginning of the season was Ibaka's going to start at the five. And that what's, what's the state and,
0: of that? And the past three games, he's been playing a lot of five. Yeah. Um, Jonas played 18 minutes against Phoenix yeah. um, the other day. And um, yeah, Ibaka you know, has been averaging just over 30 minutes. He's been playing roughly 15 minutes at center a game, which is kind of what you want with Ibaka because yeah. if he's... You know, for folks who are kind of saying that he should be playing all his minutes at center... I don't really think he has the physicality to hold up.
2: Uh, Uh, I was at the game against the Suns, and while that game was infuriating that we couldn't put it away, we were were up by 13 basically the whole game, and Ibaka had a a hell of a game. It's just impossible to gauge versus the Suns because they are a... They're like a Steve Nash charity team on yeah, defense.
0: We're uh s- s- side note on the Suns, we're 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 kind of watching one of the last great years of tanking with the tanking structure changing next year. Yeah. Um, so there's gonna be no incentive for teams to be the absolute worst. Whereas right now, I think we have eight or nine teams roughly who are targeting that thirtieth spot in the NBA. Um <laughs> well and, Devin Booker's
2: hurt now for two, three yeah, weeks. Exactly. It, might, it might turn into two months. You don't know.
0: Um okay, yeah. You know, Jonas is always uh is always kind of like it's sad because he's yeah. so he's
2: so charming and fun and he's he seems like when he does well it's the whole city loves it. But it's right. just it's not just the it's not just the team fit anymore. It's like the leagues fit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Know? And it's, I think
2: uh,
3: uh I think Casey kinda of messed with his head in the early days mm-hmm. when he wouldn't uh he just yank him so quick, and I think it was the kind of thing where you just have to kind of eat a few losses in the name of letting a guy stay on the court so he can both develop confidence and feel yep. like you trust him and also, you know, play through their bad habits. Because it feels like you can't really learn how to not have those bad habits anymore if you aren't forced to just, like, suffer the consequences of them.
2: Well, I remember we watched a game in LA once. And I think it was against the Pistons and he had like 20 and 10 at the half and then didn't play the second half. Like in some weird, he just had no, there was yeah. no consistency to the, them going through him.
3: Yeah. They also, they never, uh, they just like never made him a focal point of the offense. Yeah, and, there's that I too. mean, it's kind of the whole, like uh, Lowry and DeRozan, especially Lowry, I think are almost as much to blame because those two guys just have such tunnel vision for each other. And, He's just, and Jonas just isn't a guy who's going to find his flow within the, it's, he's not going to find his place in the offense. You got to like bring him in and, and make it happen.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, like touching on uh, on DeRozan and Lowry is this Raptors team until this year um has had a culture of bad passing. We've been one of the worst passing teams in the NBA for I think 3 or 4 years. Basically this whole kind of era, um you know, DeRozan's not a it's not it's not like DeRozan or Lowry are selfish passers. They're just not natural passers. Well, they're not looking
2: for the they're not looking for the pass. Like they're, they're yeah. they and, and less so that I mean, I'll tell you against the Suns, they went like 40 and 19. Together or something like that. Like, DeRozan had eight assists. Oh, yeah, we're,
0: we're I think we're seventh in the NBA in assists. Yeah, fourth in
2: assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, which is a,
0: a dramatic turnaround. Okay, yeah. that brings me to my next uh, my next topic here I think with the first wraps.
2: segment went very well. Will, how do you feel over there? <laughs>
0: Uh,
3: You know, I do feel like um, its development was maybe hurt a little bit by getting yanked uh, a a little early, but I I give it a a B-plus on the prospect charts.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's all right. Let's go to Will every
3: every segment. Let's go to Will
0: afterwards. Yeah, it's going to be good. Okay, I'm focusing (laughs) on a less meandering question here. Um, Just tighten it up, tighten it up. What amount, I'm going to start with you, Ennis. What amount of credit does Casey deserve? (sighs) I mean, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, yeah. N- we, nobody does. Look, we're, we're comedians and actors. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did I
2: just did I just like uh, pull back the curtain on this whole uh, just being a fan of sports? Yeah. You did. I
0: think that <laughs> <laughs> we are though, so it, it's all good. It's all Here's good. Here
2: is what I've observed that is different now, but it's still too premature to decide fully. I mean, look, you can't take away from certain factors. Uh, our best seasons ever have been the last four seasons the deepest we've ever gone two wins from the pl- uh, finals um our first like, per- okay, you know, those perennial. don't count. Those don't that?
3: count though. We were, we were as far away from the finals as we've ever been. Oh, you know what? He called on me. Will, you had your chance. All right. You're sitting <laughs> no, on the bench. You now. can't, you can't drop my, my most hated uh, like raptorism and expect me not to chime in and say that like, what LeBron the two wins from the finals is your biggest loud at the idea that they f- were threatened by us.
2: Hey, we, we were literally two games, two wins away from the NBA finals.
0: <laughs> we're okay, We've yeah, done that sure. once. Don't say, don't say, okay, yeah, sure, That that's, that's a literal truth, guys. It's, it's a literal truth. I'm, I'm going to be in the middle here because I was at one of the games where we beat Cleveland. Yeah. And the arena, you know, it was amazing. We we all chanted, let's go Raptors for 10 minutes after. You know, LeBron was called us out as being amazing fans. But also... Uh, to Will's point earlier in the series, he said he's experienced adversity and this is not it. And that was very true. Like, he really was not <laughs> yeah, worried. He's a mean <laughs> jerk. He, he really was not worried I at would... all. And that showed. Okay, so, so fine. Okay, exclude okay, but, yeah. that
2: part of it. But if we're talking about Cable, okay, you really got me
0: fired up here, Will. <laughs> good,
2: good. <laughs> Bad choice of words. Okay. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, I think that what's happening now, this whole culture change concept has to be, there has to be credit given to him. Uh, to some extent, a lot of it is roster building. Like, uh, he, you know, Casey doesn't have a guy like Allen Anderson or uh, right. John or, Salmons or, or Lou Williams or yeah. Scola that he can run out at the, be at the uh, expense of developing one of his kids. And as a result, you see what's happening is the bench is, uh, is now one of the best benches we have in the league, and they're getting more playing time. And I think the biggest part of that culture change, let alone three points in passing, is r- getting Lowry and DeRozan to where they're more rested come playoff time. I think the knock on Casey and this team has always been, from what I've seen, is they they always seem to be letting the game come to them and adapting to something else. You know, whether they're playing uh, a Golden State team or a team that's bigger, they always adjust. I've never seen Casey really force the issue in a meaningful way for a consistent amount of time, and glaringly so in the playoffs. We've seen out-coach, you know, the sweep yeah. against we the Wizards. The first the game. sweep against the Wizards. Yeah, always losing the first game. It always seems like they're taking a hit and then coming back. And we haven't won anything. So I think it's possible to argue that, uh, you know, that he's not as great a coach given the roster as he could be in this team. I've heard the argument that people think the team would be better off without him. The question is, who would be better in his place? And on, in that regard, I don't know, you got to give him credit for... What he's done with this roster, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I just said a lot to just say I don't know.
0: That's good. That's I don't know good. how much he's <laughs> responsible for. Will how much credit does uh, Dwayne Casey deserve? Two wins from the NBA Finals. Will remember that. Two I, wins. I think.
3: Uh, uh, I think this. I think Dwayne Casey. First of all, he's clearly. I think it's inarguable that he's the best coach the team has ever had by like yep. a crazy mile. Yeah, sure. And uh, I think he deserves a ton of credit because people talk a lot about like the roster stuff and, but the amount of like turnover that this guy has had to deal with, maybe not necessarily with, uh, you know, he's had sort of his two starters who are very incredibly, his like two consistent starters. And I guess uh, Jonas as well, but like the bench has just been so in flux and he has uh, all these young guys that he's like really maximizing this year. And, you know, obviously a lot of credit always goes to players, but Young players don't win, and like young players, the people always say like young players they don't win, and like young players don't play defense.
0: Yeah, unless they're OG.
3: Two things that are very true, but like you look at how well. I mean, a guy like Fred Van Fleet. You know, I'm sure Stackhouse deserves a a lot of credit as well, but just like the amount of trust, and maybe it's kind of like Ennis is saying, is he kind of has to trust these guys because all he has is a bunch of guys who are like 23 and 24 but the fact that they're out there and they're playing and they're like you know really dominating against other benches that are older and have more experienced guys I think that really says a lot about uh, his abilities as a coach and it kind of bums me out that it took him maybe he just finally has the right personnel but it kind of bums me out that it took him this long to like trust young guys this much I mean it's crazy that uh, OG is in the starting lineup. Like that yeah. feels like a thing. Casey would have just, he just would have gone out with four guys three yeah. seasons ago. They would have dressed Jamal McGlure. Yeah. I
0: think yeah. like for, for Casey, <laughs> yeah, it's like the three yeah. for, for Casey. He's like, I think like over the course of his like NBA or his basketball life, he's established a, a ton of habits and a bunch of those habits. He can't really let go of, um, but we've seen him slowly let go of some of them, and you know I think that's Masai forcing his hand. Maybe that's Nick Nurse, um, you know, drawing up amazing plays, uh, you know, uh, uh, good drafts, um, stackhouse, like you said earlier. But yeah, like even even the starting of OG seems a bit new. But you know, he also started Siakam for thirty games last year.
2: Yeah, um, but they also had again that was Sullinger was out. We had right. no other four. Yeah, exactly. If you think about that. It's
3: experience. like he would have played Jared Sullinger over. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's that's kind of damning. The fact yeah. that it's like, well, he didn't have Jared Sullinger to fall back.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 for me, I think it's kind of like it's. I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for the bad things he's done. Like you know, basically been outfoxed in every playoff series he's been in, um, <laughs> yeah. and I also think he deserves credit for. Is, it, like, is there a team that's changed the way they play with the players they have more than the
3: Raptors this year?
2: I mean, you got to look at turnover on teams. He's, uh, what, the second longest serving coach? Or third after Spolstra and would Yeah, like, I would say, uh, I would it's, say
3: it's Pop uh, Carlisle, I think, as well. Yeah, Carlisle yeah, as well. Too, so he came right? from Carlisle's yeah. staff.
2: Yeah, so and, I mean, turnover is going to be inevitable. I mean, look at what they've, what's happened in Miami. But uh, he's had enough of the same kind of personnel.
0: Yeah. On the team. Right? Um, the, the
2: stars, the linchpins have been the same.
0: Like, I'd say Van Gundy, uh, you know, basically has finally gotten the players to play that he wants. So It's kind of been like a four-year journey there in Detroit. And I still think Detroit's going to regress, regress uh, quite a bit throughout the year. But it seems like Detroit's like a solid playoff team and uh, with a couple of players like Tobias Harris and Drummond seemingly taking jumps. But I think with Casey, it's like, I don't know. It, it, I think he's... I think he's been forced to do a couple things, but I also think he's learned um, some tricks along the way. And some of his priorities are still wrong. Like, I think a big foundational thing he really needs to focus on still is it's cool that the Raptors have the best bench, but that's not how you win a playoff series. And the most important thing is establishing the absolute best starting lineup you could ever you you could ever muster because that's what it's about in the playoffs and you know, ego be damned, we should absolutely not be playing twelve people. Um you know But I mean, is it that unreasonable to
2: play ten and finish with uh the you know, a different five if a different a couple of pieces in that starting five that end the game di- being different every every game like even in the playoff game yeah I think I based think it's on what's what's working
0: I I think it's reasonable but like let's say OG struggles um you know is Casey just gonna like yank him all the way out of the lineup yeah is that's he, gonna, is to he gonna mess with him the way that he he's done with JV but
2: yeah I, I, mean, I don't think you can give a full report card to Casey until after this playoff and yeah then, then I mean given how much the team has changed how many kids are on board uh I think that's the real test, and it's going to be kind of a wait and see until then because we're still fighting for that legitimacy as a team as well. You know, I mean, now that Cleveland's won thirteen in a row, I don't think anyone's talking about it as a three team like people are saying it's Boston and Cleveland again, right? And we're not. You know, if we had won those, I went to that game against the Knicks. I couldn't do this podcast because I was at that damn (laughs) game. Yeah, you can't. I was so hurt. But here's my thought on that: How is he? Can you be that good a coach and allow a twenty-eight nothing run to happen in the third quarter? Like twenty-eight nothing. Yeah, that's pretty, it was pretty
3: rough.
2: 28-0 run. They had a huge lead. I mean, Game I mean
3: disappeared. those kinds of things happen, but also like... They do. It took nine minutes. I th- then you can maybe chalk it up to like both the youth of the team and like I do think Kyle Lowry is kind of a head case. Like I think oh.
2: Oh, Lowry yes, is always is. kind of...
3: The way people talk about Casey, Lowry is like my fall guy. Where like I just this think is he ridiculous. Like, gets in a rut and he starts... Uh, he starts like screwing up and he will like drag the whole team down with him.
0: He, he is, uh, he's one of the most stubborn superstars I've ever seen, but that's what every superstar is. Yeah, but he, he, does, he doesn't a star. Well, I, okay. I, best player on a team. All right. Well, you're going to take shots at Kyle Lowry now. Okay. I'll, 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 <laughs> two wins just, from the NBA. Let finals. me just very quickly defend my superstar comment. He's been a like greatest Raptor ever. Well, I say DeRozan, but he, he's he been a, <laughs> you know, top four, top five three-point shooter, which is the most valuable skill in the NBA right now for the past three years. So uh, as far as volume and efficiency. So that's just, you know, a skill that is massive. Um, and, you know, obviously he does a bunch of other, other kind of intangible things. Yeah. But the three-point shooting alone puts him in like rarefied air, I think. Um, but yeah, obviously he's... One of these very strange players who's kind of like has a a normal person's body and isn't freakishly athletic and somehow makes it work. But, you know, again, in the playoffs, you throw a guy like Brogdon on him and it makes him look. Crazy pedestrian. Like everyone always talks about Demar Derozan's struggles in the playoffs, but Lowry has struggled much oh, way harder. Worse. Way much, worse. much, much
2: harder. Tomorrow, the Pierre game, and then score thirty the next game. But yeah. yeah.
0: Um, okay. I got. I got some more stuff. So I'm
2: glad we got away from Kyle, from Will talking mean about Kyle. Kyle that's nice.
0: Okay, Will. <laughs> will, what um, if any? Uh, what, what's your biggest rotational irk as far as the Raptors? What, what What's a thing that um you see on a regular basis uh with the way we roll out this squad that that bothers you or should change uh too many guys I mean I kind of
3: understand it because it's still early in this season right now but um I mean it's you know there are games where he goes like 12 deep and it's not like it's a blowout the game will still be pretty close we'll be close enough that like Casey just will just loves to like go as deep into his bench as possible, and it seems extra crazy right now when you think about it, because like one of the primary contributors from the bench is out with an injury. Right. So, it, you'd think then it would be like, oh well, the bench is going to shorten up, but instead it's like you know, Aaron McK- yeah. McKinney,
0: is Lorenzo that Lorenzo Brown? Thing? Oh,
3: they're,
2: they're only playing garbage. Oh no, yeah. Brown came into a game early.
0: Brown has played some Yeah, serious, yeah you're right. Brown you're has right. played, so, like, there was a stretcher, he was against like the, he in the in. Four minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah,
2: he came in early, and it, it, he was the first, one of the first subs off the bench in the Knicks game. That was disorienting. Uh,
0: that was silly. So, so yeah, your, 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 your thing is platoon lineups. You don't like them? Yeah, and
3: it's just, uh, I, I think we're rolling into, you know, the, season's over a quarter over. So at this point he should be locking into his bench. And look, I love it. Like I love Fred, Fred van fleet, but like, it, you know, when Wright comes back at some point, you're probably going to have to make a choice.
0: Will? did we lose?
2: Well,
1: we're still connected. No, I'm right here. Okay. <laughs> Hello. You
2: have to make it. You're going to have to make a, what you said, all I heard cho-oh, was you're going to have ice. to make a
3: oh, oh. Choice. Was a choice? Uh, Chortle. All I was saying is that they should uh, they should buy out Kyle Lowry. What? And, uh, <laughs> you
2: can't see, but every table in
3: this living room is flipped over. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> no, um, it's. Uh, I was just saying that, like, like I really like Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet. Uh, I've been calling him Van Fleet literally up until one week ago. Yeah,
0: it's a tough um, one. Vliet Van is not Vliet a sound a, a your mouth name. wants to make. Yeah. yeah. Vliet. But uh,
3: he's going to have to like, I like him and Wright, but once Wright is back, Casey's going to have to make a choice. Yes. I almost feel like, it's almost like he's too nice in a weird way. Like a lot of these guys, he doesn't want to like bum them out by not playing them. Yeah.
0: It's a fun group of young guys. Can I drop a hot take here? Yes. That choice should be Van Vliet. Uh, Whoa. Wright is 25 and he can't shoot. It's a major problem. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I think Wright has... All sorts of amazing upside. But Van Vliet should have the backup role and the lion's share of the minutes until he gets injured. That's my hot take. If you're going to cut yeah, it to 10. Van, and I think you should cut Van it Van Vliet is, has been playing incredible defense, yeah. too. Yes. He. Um, he. You know. He, he, I don't think he has the defensive um, abilities of right, obviously. But the fact that he can shoot the three... Play next to Kyle. I I mean, uh, it's weird. Wright can too, and Wright kind of brings a different thing. But Van Vliet does all the things that we love Kojo, we we love that Kojo did, except he doesn't over-dribble the ball. Like, he's pretty flawlessly solid, which is Yeah, he can shoot. Shooting is massive for this team, so. Well, and I think if we finally
2: figured out a, a world in which Powell is not the three anymore off the bench, if he's the two and Miles is coming in as a three. If this sticks and and OG stays in the starting lineup, which it seems like it's happening, those guys are back. Yeah. uh, I think Powell is the bench, too. Yeah, it's tough because Wright's got the, you know, Wright was picked as the guy. Does Casey go against the conventional build of the team and go with the hot hand? So, wait, do you have any rotational issues? Um, You know, I'm the same. I always wonder, I don't know if it is too early to... To or too late in the season to figure out what your ten is because I th- I'm actually enthused by Casey's shifting of lineups and changing things even late in games like he's gone with people that I've been surprised by sometimes. At yeah, the the it's games. cool
0: if there's like a purpose at the end. But, but that's I think what I'm we're saying. all wondering. But well, look, grid. we're yeah. fifteen
2: and seven. Our next uh, twelve of our next uh, whatever ten of our next twelve games are against teams under five hundred, uh, and they're all injured. By yeah, that. Almost, everybody's yeah. injured. It's yeah, crazy. I mean <laughs> Kyle and Demar are. are they're back to playing how they were last year, but they're playing less. They're distributing the ball less minutes, and they're distributing the ball more. Uh, I, I don't know. Another 10, 20 games of seeing what, what works, I feel like we ha- we, we're winning enough that I don't think the time for experimentation is over. Right. That's my thought. Okay. And it's fair. a way to if it's part of the team's identity that you don't know who's going to be the guy on a given night that's kind of exciting because then it's unpredictable for the other team so they don't know who to lock in on.
0: I have really enjoyed watching the Raptors this year. Um, my, Okay, my take on on rotational issues I, I'm not going to elaborate too much on it because I've said it a bunch of times already on this yeah. podcast but um, if I'm not mistaken Miles is averaging 19 minutes. Yeah. He should be averaging 32. Whoa. Um, that and whoever that uh, demotes is absolutely okay. okay. He's one of the very best three-point shooters in the NBA, and we need him on the floor in as many possible lineups, period.
2: Hard to disagree um, with that, Freddie.
0: He spaces the floor. He's ridiculous three-point shooter. That's why we got him. It's insane. We need to, to we we not see if we can
2: package Bebe and, uh, B-B- and uh, JV for something.
0: Yeah, th- that's a whole thing with the rotational issues as well is, yeah. b- is because it's kind of like, you know – we were angry when Jose was playing over, over Lowry. You remember that? Yeah. But we were showcasing Jose to trade him. Yeah. Um, same thing with people with Ross. Um, so it's you kind of got to show the NBA, like, okay, if we just totally demote JV, yeah, that hurts his already basically non-existent trade value. Yeah. So it's kind of like, but I don't know. It's weird, too, because our NBA scouts and, and GMs actually tricked by that sort of thing. I don't know.
3: You know? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like people people have a read on him. So even if he goes on, like, he would have to go on a season-long, either season-long or he would have to get incredibly hot for, like, an entire round of the, like, whatever the last round of the playoffs the Raptors play in, JV would have to play incredibly well for that entire round yeah. to maybe trick a team into taking a flyer on him.
2: It's a real shame he got hurt against the, the Heat that one year because he was tearing it up
3: okay well i mean but we want i remember back then i was like oh he's gonna like now i was all in on keeping him oh yeah me too. then i was like he's so valuable
0: yeah he's this weird kind of like niche i guess all centers are niche now but he's like he seems like an extra luxury you know what i mean it's like oh we're playing boogie yay we can use Jonas. yeah but it's all but it's also like but what is that long term um okay um uh, looking for a quick take here. I'll start with you, Will. Um DeAndre Jordan, that's not really my thing. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. DeAndre Jordan, should the Raptors be interested?
3: In... Uh, no. no. There's okay. no money. Like it's just eco- economically it's impossible to make it work unless they want to pay like Cavs level luxury tax.
0: Okay. And 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 you don't see that as a way to get out from Jonas's contract maybe?
3: Uh, no, because his is going to end up being, like, almost twice that. And, uh, it. you know, I, I also think Jordan is a moderately overrated player. Like, he's pretty good defensively, but he's not – it's like Mark Gasol is a guy who changes an entire defense, the right. way he, like, talks and reads the floor and plays and is just – like, just has such a great court vision. And I think Jordan – if slash when his athleticism starts to break down, it's going to be like a real serious drop in his ability to play defense.
0: Fair. Ennis?
2: I don't think it's enough of a difference, and I don't think that whatever we give up for him is going to ensure that he stays even if that happens, like even if he wants to, and we can find the money for him. I mean, he's got an opt-out out out of his contract, right? The only thing I feel like we could maybe get him at a discount if we're in that mix because... I don't see him staying with the Clippers next season and not opting out. So that might hurt the value in a trade.
0: Yeah, he's he's interesting with his player option because it's a lot of money.
2: Yeah. And and remember, um, he already signed with another team once.
0: Yeah, and and the whole, you know, with the, I think money is evaporating for centers. So it's kind of like, will he take that year? Uh, but part of my interest was that, you know, if we could kind of leverage, you know, let's say like Jonas Bebe, one other player, um, for DeAndre and then almost kind of have it in our head that we're not going to pursue him that hard in the off season. So it's like we have him for a run and then we have, we basically balance our books a bit more by yeah. having Ibaka, Larry DeRozan, and a little bit more wiggle room. We'd actually still be pretty, like if we don't trade Jonas, we're going like well into the luxury tax. Next year. By the, Yeah, if we don't trade Jonas by the deadline. Yeah. The Raptors are going like very far into the luxury tax. with that
2: with no room to add anybody. With else. no room to add anybody, Whatever, else. but who,
0: do we have any free agents coming off the books this year? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, there you I go. I don't think we have one.
2: Um, do you think it makes sense to go into the luxury tax with you know with LeBron still in the East and the and the Celtics playing how they are?
0: Well, that that's a fun conversation because like how long is LeBron going to be in the East? I think yes. Um,
2: you know me; I'm never one to say like, "Well, don't do anything. Don't don't uh, we don't. I'm not a I'm not a." Uh, a tank advocate. I've never have been, you know, uh, tear it all down until LeBron's not playing. It seems like a ridiculous way to run a franchise. So I don't know, It'd be fun if they got DeAndre Jordan, but I just don't, I don't know if he's the answer. It's,
3: and it's also now that they've locked in so much money for those three guys right. for like their three main guys, it would be crazy to start to try to like, they, the indications are like clearly seem to be that they're going to like ride out a uh, Ibaka, Lowry, and DeRozan contracts, and then whatever happens after that. But they're only on three years, right? So
2: it's like it's whoever... uh, I know, sorry, DeRozan's got a fourth year. Uh, True story, our only free agent after this season is Fred Van Vliet. Oh,
0: I didn't realize he was... uh, He must be making like $600,000. Yeah,
2: $1.3
0: million. Um, Double
3: that. Yeah, that that guy's gonna get a big raise is the only downside to like making him the official backup.
0: I mean, uh, like I'm sure Masai's thinking about this already, but all of these rookies are like in the, in the coming years going to make more money. And there's absolutely no way we can hold on to, you know, the six guys we like, it's going to be more likely three of them. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to the NBA. I got some, I got a couple fun questions.
2: NBA fun questions.
0: NBA fun questions. (laughs) <laughs> okay um, Will, I'm going to start uh, I feel like I'm almost starting with Will, but uh, Sorry, Ennis um, It's fine,
3: it helps him, I think
0: Okay. Here's, this I'm is, on the other side of
3: the continent, for God's sake
0: Yeah I'll give him a head start This is for sure a meandering question Because it's just loaded with my own opinion But um, <laughs> Will uh, Harden uh, lost a really tight MVP race to Steph Curry He lost the narrative there um yeah. he lost uh the narrative big time to Westbrook which is all almost already commonly acknowledged as a massive mistake by NBA pundits. Um Westbrook was not the MVP last year. Um how does Harden lose the narrative this year? Um <laughs> but I'm I'm going to make you guys think i gonna, gonna do a little bit of uh mental gymnastics here. It's let's just say for the sake of this question, it's not to LeBron. So, what, what? narrative beats Harden? The, the narrative. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that's the obvious one, though. I I, I, I want you to go deep. Is, I got it. Is there a narrative that beats him? Kyrie Irving. Yep. I guess I guess that is it. I mean,
2: it, the Celtics and Rockets were in the same position for a while. I can't believe how well Houston did without Chris Paul, considering the hit to their bench, uh, the depth that they traded to the Clippers. Turns out, it didn't matter.
0: Yeah, well, it's because they still add it,
2: Gordon, they still add Anderson, they still add, I mean, Capella's taken a huge step up.
0: I mean, if you have Harden and Dan Tony, you're like, you're you're sleepwalking to 50, yeah. 50, 50, 55 wins.
2: I think Irving, the attention on Irving, if we look at what it is that determines an MVP mm-hmm. in terms of voting, I jumped right in there, by the way. Uh,
3: I think it's Irving. I think that's the well, only yeah. Because that I makes was going to say LeBron because it's the only yeah. <laughs> It's like the only yeah. one I could think of.
0: Le, well, I think LeBron actually. It's like I've heard a couple of people say that right now. It's runaway Harden, and I would have to say that I think it's LeBron Harden because LeBron's I think pretty people, pretty freaking impressive. People you don't think just, like, what Kyrie Irving's done. LeBron Go
3: ahead. So sorry. So much is like the elder statesman, and uh, and the fact that he's playing in like he's clearly the best player in the NBA yeah. still. And it's also him, if, if the team keeps up, if the team wins the same amount of wins that it has kind of had the last couple seasons with uh, Kyrie just gone and his replacement injured for two thirds of the season, you'll be back next Then month. Like,
0: yeah. And Wade I, I and Rose he, and all these old bag of bones players. To yeah. He's like, he's like,
3: I think he's like, got it. I think he's like, got it in the bag. If that happens especially since I don't think the NBA, I don't think writers like Kyrie. I think they all, it, there's kind of, it feels like when you read pieces about him, anytime it's even complimentary, it feels like begrudging from the writer. Hmm. So huh. I think he's going to have the same way, like LeBron was clearly the MVP over Derrick Rose, but there's just no universe in which he was going to win it. Cause everybody hated him.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and, and that's where the narrative comes in big time. I think the fact that Hayward's been out all season,
2: and after starting zero and two, they're twenty two and two or twenty two and three, is all going to get attributed to Kyrie Irving. I'm just spitballing. No, no, it's that. fair. I'm not saying I, I want I, him to win. I think like, but Boston's done a better job with worse injuries than either Cleveland or Houston. Yeah. And how do you not put that on?
0: And Kyrie I think Boston arguably I, has the loudest media market, gets the most reporting. Yeah. And when something happens well, in Boston, it just but the, people the, the ripple will give, effects um, huge.
3: People will give a lot of that credit to Brad Stevens. Yeah, that's yes. true. Because
0: nobody, nobody credits.
3: Ty Lue for the Cavs success. Nobody. Uh, yeah. Not even the way, like they don't even talk about him the way Spolstra got talked about when the big three were there as sort of like, Oh, you know, he's like an underrated part of their success. Yeah. I've never, ever read any analysis of Tyron Lue's coaching style.
0: Yeah. He gets Whereas a bad Brad rap.
3: Is kind of the star of the Celtics now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with like multiple um, you know, him, him basically making multiple players work under the same system. Um, I can't talk about Stevens too long because I'll, uh, I'll erupt like a volcano. Yep. Um,
3: because that's, I mean, the other thing that helps spread Stevens is that it's Boston and he's white. Yep. Boston would much rather give credit to a white guy than a black guy because it's one of America's worst cities. Whoa.
0: Okay. Well, that, that actually. <laughs> well, well, that k- speaking
3: some serious. That truth.
0: kept going further, but I, you know, I'm actually kind of glad you brought that up because I think there's, there there is a bit of a white knighting thing um, that happens sometimes in the NBA, and uh, you know, if you're careful or uh, or watching closely, you can you can watch the uh, or you can see the coded language. Um, Oh, for sure. uh, As far as, you know, like kind of white players always being crafty or, you know, stuff like that. It's all there. Um, And I think it's for sure there with Brad Stevens. But, um, yeah, it's always tough to determine how much and you don't want to take away the good things that he's actually doing. Yeah. Um, But he's like Twin Peaks for you. You You don't buy it. You don't buy it. Well, genius. I don't want to be too stubborn. You've gone
2: th- on about Brad Stevens before, and I don't. I don't think that. I think it's worth listening to because it's a a very contrary opinion to most
0: people. I, I know. I, I've been a bit too stubborn. <laughs> much like how I don't get Twin Peaks. <laughs> Fair. No, I, I'm actually kind of like that with Twin Peaks, but um, no, with, with Brad Stevens, I think it's. Uh, I guess I just didn't understand early on. Uh, okay, I promise I won't spend too much time on Brad Stevens. <laughs> but I didn't understand early on that he was one of these guys who like dragged a mediocre team to the playoffs which is like almost every coach that's ever been in the NBA, and that he was treated like he was Popovich. So I never really understood that. Um, I never really understood how with so little success he's worked his way into some kind of top five conversation. Yeah. Like I think that's like genuinely preposterous. You know it's funny? Um,
2: they actually talked about the year that the Hawks had five uh, players in the All-Star game. Buttonholds are the same kind of talk. Like people were talking to him because he came out of the Spurs system. Right. And I mean, no matter who's on that roster right now, like, I don't know what buttonholes are going to do to make that team any better because they're, they're so uh, yeah. bereft of, of great players. But, you know, where did that go? You know what I mean? The, 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 he was... His, yeah. they, they were talking about what he did with that team with no stars years totally. ago. They were supposed to be the new Pistons and all that. And
0: Yeah, I mean, Malone's apart. Malone's done really good stuff. Clifford's done really good stuff. Yeah. Quinn Snyder is fucking amazing. Yeah, he is. Um, You know, Gobert going out and they go on like a six-game win streak. Yeah. I know that happens sometimes, but, you know, he's shown it for a couple years now. He's been a really really effective coach anyways i i can't i can't I it's keep okay. going on stevens it's okay because it just i think it ruins a lot of my basketball credibility i get it i just yeah um, I, play know, stuff I, see, backwards I think uh,
3: i think brad stevens and brett brown are almost exactly the same coach it's totally just, agree brett brown had the misfortune of being under absolutely horrific ownership
0: yeah and yeah i mean yeah exactly boston since or not I ownership mean, sorry management like with Ainge and the in uh, the fantastic uh, Brooklyn trade. Um yeah, it's been good good times yeah, th- for Boston. I think Mikhail is the best coach of the NBA. What do you think about that? That's my take. Fair. <laughs> um, okay. I got I got one for you. Um now I uh, yeah, maybe this is a letter too hard with my my opinion, but um Ennis. Yeah. Uh the West is bottoming out hard. Uh what stands out to you the most?
2: It is? That's a very that's setup. I'm dubious about that setup. Okay, You're talking so, about how many teams are below five so hundred? From
0: let me fire up Basically these standings from here. nine down, yeah. nobody's five hundred. And from ten down, it's utter disasters.
2: I mean, it's rough, but look at the the top the top three,
0: four teams. It's not, I don't know, what do you mean by bottoming out? I mean, you know, with the okay, the conversation before the season was that we really need to restructure the NBA because it's that the the talent disparity is that huge. Yeah. Um with Memphis and uh the Clippers uh having I guess you know poor luck and and bad seasons, Phoenix being awful, Lakers being awful, Sacramento being awful. Uh the Pelicans actually being okay. Um Suns being awful. Like some of the very worst teams. Uh you know, obviously you still have the tankers in the east, but I think with you know the Knicks and the Nets not being as bad as yeah. people thought. Um, the West uh, is pretty rough. And uh, I mean, like the bottom of it. Yeah. And even after San Antonio, it's not that good. Like Minnesota's not that good. Honestly, it looks um, a Utah's lot more like not that good. It looks a you know lot more saying? like the East. But those are teams in very different like positions. It
2: does look a lot like the East, just in terms of standings. But Minnesota and Utah, you're talking about two teams in very different positions. And it almost seems like. I don't know. You know, I think bottoming out sounds like there's something wrong. I, I guess... You're talking about in terms of disparity with the East and I how they've been considered saying, as
0: a powerhouse conference? I'm maybe as far as expectations. Like, they've already changed the structure of the All-Star game yeah, because of how bad they thought this was going to be. Right. So people have already really started reacting to, you know, and it's like, oh, there's been a long lead up to it, obviously. But, um, and, you know, injuries have come into play with Millsap and yada yada. But, like, it's... Uh, I am not saying the East is as good as the West. Yeah. I'm just saying that gap is is nowhere near what people thought it would be. So do like or I guess as anything jumped out to you better or maybe I'm you just You know, I think it's exciting the fact that like overblowing the, it. if I, well
2: I'm looking at it now and I mean New Orleans, Utah, Minnesota, Portland, all being Denver all being playoff teams at this point if the season were to end, I think that's great cuz you're at least seeing some parity and some switching around and teams right. with different fates like the Clippers had a good run. Mm-hmm. You know they've had some bad luck, obviously hobbled by injuries after yeah. the Paul trade. But I don't know. I mean, some of these teams are run like. Look what happened to Phoenix. You know what I mean? What, what did they? Oh, do I didn't with mention Dallas. Is terrible. Dallas is terrible. But I mean, they rode Dirk and a supporting yeah. cast too long. And but they've they've got pieces like Smith and Barnes they can build up. And right. I think it's great anytime. Teams are not dominating for too long, so I, I'm I'm buoyed almost. Okay. By, by the presence of new blood, I'm a Jazz fan as well. I thought after losing Hayward, it would be it would be curtains. It would be a huge regression. Mm-hmm. And granted, they're not playing as well as they were last year. But you got guys like Donovan Mitchell in there. Uh, Derek Favors is you yeah. know, experiencing a resurgence. Um, Joe Ingles, who I just played with at the Y last week, is is doing great. Um, <laughs> That was a joke. Was that not clear?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. I, I, I thought, you know, there was like a couple of tags coming or something. I don't no, know. no, no. He just, because um, he looks like he plays at the Y. <laughs> Will, uh, am I kind of overblowing this or what?
3: Uh, yeah. Well, I think uh, the West also has a more exciting future than the East.
0: Right. Like, like
3: it feels like, a, uh, you know, I guess there's some interesting prospects on uh, like the two young guys in, in Boston are obviously already really good. But like, there's that, and then there's uh, Giannis, and I don't really know. And Philly, like, what? Yep. Uh, yeah, I guess Philly. Listen, I you know, Philly is my uh, Brad Stevens. Um, but like, how so? It, you don't buy it. it, it? I, I well, a big part of it is I hate Sam Hinkie, and when everybody is like, "Oh, trust the process," it's like, "Oh, so the process was just playing as bad as taro- as possible, and then like drafting." the consensus best players yeah. like, wow, what a bold vision he had for that team. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't uh, bold, but it certainly it, was painful. It was horrific. And like, I, it was rough. I, I also think that if they had not look, this is not the podcast, but like, I think if uh, Brian Colangelo had not come along and brought in some veterans, that team would be way worse than it was. Cause you just, you cannot have an entire roster of players with no experience, uh just reinforcing each other's bad habits. I like agree. you need yeah. a guy like JJ Reddick to come along and be like, help the coach teach the players how to play. Yeah,
2: I, th- th- I think Peter Johnson, Jared Bayless.
0: I think I think culture really matters. And this idea that, you know, you're gonna get a superstar and then everything will just fall into place is kind of a kind of a flawed uh, I approach, I think, but you know
3: what had happened? Yeah, like how, how necessary was Nick, uh, Nick Collison in, uh, Oklahoma city. Like that guy was considered such an important piece on that. For sure. team, Even though he just like, point. wasn't very good.
0: Yeah. So, so we did, did just back to the West. Do you think that, um, you know, it's going to end up being like, are, are people still going to be having that conversation? Well, let's say when the season's done, are people still going to be like, we need to get rid of conferences? This is insane. Or is that, uh, maybe not.
3: No, I think this season will probably help, but I also wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of regression, you know, even from the Pistons and yeah, some of sure. the teams out East as well. Because like the Bucks are terrible. The Bucs are a bad team. The Bucs and the they Wizards have, are... The Bucks are terrible? They have a potential... They just have, yeah, they just have, like, a, a potential MVP. But like, the rest of that team I really don't think is very good, and I don't think they're ever going to be able to do more than kind of hover around 500. I don't and know. I when don't Parker comes Kidd, back. I don't think Kid is a great coach
2: either. I don't know. I haven't seen enough about it because people have been going nuts about Kid coaching over there.
0: Yeah, they're, well, uh, apparently Milwaukee is, like, pretty strongly calling for his head. Okay, because like, they should be doing better yeah, than they are. Yeah, fans right? are pretty upset with Kid. Um, but if they
2: manage to trade for Jordan and Parker comes back, that starting five at least is, you
3: know, loaded with potential. And you know,
2: it yeah, was I mean, bled, so. I think
3: Jordan will just gum things up. Even it, it's it, it just has a. It feels a little bit like, um, almost like the old Bucks teams in a weird way, where yeah, like Cassell and and Glenn Robinson. Uh, Ro- was it Glenn Robinson and Ray Allen? Those are yeah. the three guys. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I remember that team. Yeah, and
3: three. Those are like three great players, but the rest of the team was just like couldn't function around them.
2: Well, yeah, you don't use the rest of those guys in NBA Jam.
0: You just use three. <laughs> you just there rotate you between them, right? There you go. There you go. And was a super proud of himself after <laughs> that joke. you lean back or you lean forward.
2: It was good. I was smiling. The jo- I had to save myself after the Joe Engels thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, I just, I, I think the West, I think this season will save that talk off. And then in like two seasons, we'll be back to having that conversation. Cause I also think the West is probably going to dominate the draft again this year. And then, uh, so in like three or four years, all the best young talent, most of the best young talent will be out West.
2: Do again. the bulls have their pick this year? Cause they're three and 20. They're way well, yeah, the no, no,
3: bulls have their pick. They do, but they don't have it next season. I don't think.
0: Ooh, that's pretty huge. Um okay, here here's uh here's my last question before we uh, move on to the the our final segment. Um Will, I'll start with you. Uh so the league's obviously changed and and you know, pretty rapidly in the past couple of years um with Steph with the, with three-point shooting, with the you know, D'Antoni ball or uh you know, whatever um or Paul Westhead or whatever. But um do you think the pendulum will ever swing back. And I don't mean it's ever going to be like full nineties basketball, but a, do you think the pendulum will swing back? B how? Um, uh,
3: I mean, I don't think the pendulum will ever swing back, but there for sure will be whatever the next new, like whatever the next big style is for sure coming. I don't think the league is just going to stay like, like keep playing like this even if it's like a whole part of the reason the league can function like this now is because they made the rule change. Yes. You know what that season before Phoenix got Steve Nash yeah. to really like loosen up uh, how, t- how like hard defenses could go at guys. So like maybe there'll be a rule change or maybe there'll just be some guy who comes along that just kind of changes the way, like if, you know, if the Marcus cousins got in a little better shape and could be, you know, just like,
0: man. His numbers are eerily close together. To That's like a
3: guy who could really like fundamentally change the way teams have to play because of him, because he's right. just like that talented and that dominant. And he's a lot Shaq of it is like, threes. you know, he just pushes everybody yeah, around in the paint. Yeah. But can and hit threes can and hit, bring hit the three. ball up
2: and get six assists yeah. a game.
3: Yeah. Or even if more guys like, I guess Kawhi is kind of the, prototypical guy, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I I think Milwaukee was trying to be the team that kind of changed things or at least took whatever this is to the extreme of just having a bunch of guys who are all between six, five and six, eight and have incredibly long arms. It just like, isn't really working out for them.
0: That's exactly where I was going with this. I think what's going to change things is the right combination of having a giant team that doesn't suffer too much from being giant. So Philly's doing it. I'm not saying it's gonna work. Milwaukee was doing it. I think, you know, there's gonna be some team where the point guard is six, seven and he's the smallest guy in the court and also can keep up with Steph. Or not Steph's always a, a stupid example to bring up. Let's say, let's say can can mitigate Damian Lillard. You know, you know what I mean? I think that is gonna be the winning combination where you have all these giant guys. You know, like, l- let's say even a, a team full of, like, uh, yeah, k- Kawhis and OGs and these guys who can switch every position are all six, eight, Yeah, I- exactly. Um, Ennis, where, where are you at on this?
2: Um, I think it's all going to come down to when bowl, bowl enters the league. Oh, yeah. That's my take. I think we're going to go back to seeing. I think that this, the next step is eight-foot guys uh, at every position. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's the only way to change change the game this way. You don't even have to be big and oh, man. strong.
0: Masai Ujiri actually on the Bill Simmons podcast brought up like a dumb idea, but I was like, you know, it's almost as if there's something to that. He was like, "What if?" Because uh, like it was a similar kind of question, um, but it was more Raptors focus, obviously. And he he was saying, um, "What if you had?" five eight-foot players yeah. who never dribbled the ball and this, just lobbed it to each other. This is what I'm saying And I was you. like, that is insane. It's
2: impossible but, to... Yeah, that's you play, like, you that's you play like a zone Vim, D. Yeah. You stick to a half court. There's no pressure on the ball. You just stand exactly. there for eight foot... Everybody's yeah. seven feet to eight feet. Yeah.
0: You know, if you're, play, like, if you're playing against Curry, like, he yeah. could not jump high enough to touch the ball. It's a
2: silly idea at first, but having read about Bowl Bowl and being just excited that he was going to play in the NBA and is already great, like... You can't. Okay, so you can't foul. You can't bully players the way you could in the nineties, right? Those kinds of players aren't the right. answer anymore. Centers are smaller. Guards are bigger. How do you? All oh, shooting is the priority. How do you stop that? Giant, giant
0: men. Yeah, like like it's it's like they don't even move. They're just kind of stationed at parts of the court. Yeah, exactly. So you can move the ball up. Right know what there I mean? you go. They got to be great at passing. But yes, theoretically,
2: yes. no one can. You know, because their wingspan would be like twelve feet. Right. No one's getting to those passes. There's yeah. no turnovers.
0: Oh man, the ice—the ice, the the ice cube league, the yeah, three on three, the, 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 the big three. three. Oh, I oh, i thought you, I thought you were confusing. <laughs> is or it that's called just, the Ice Cube League he now. Just, <laughs> he, he was just referring to hockey. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, the, um,
2: uh,
1: yeah,
0: the Ice Cube.
2: So that's my take. I think Bowl Bowl is okay. the savior. Sweet. Well, uh, of let, this broken NBA.
0: Let, let's move on to the last segment, which I'll, I'll very quickly explain to you guys uh, after Matt's sting. That's a sting, man.
1: Ow, that hurt me. Uh, that's a, a loping sting. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> okay. casual sting there. So this is our uh, <laughs> this is our pro line portion of the uh, podcast. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know how pro line betting works, uh, it's basically like um, you have to. Uh, uh, there's usually a half number, like the Raptors are going to beat the Hornets by five and a half, which actually means there's no half points in basketball. So that means... Well, that would change in my future vision of right. the future, too. You could get half oh, points. Oh, okay. Yeah, half um, points. Goaltending,
2: you get a half point.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you lose a couple points if you do the Jason Kidd, like, drinks bill. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, basically, you have to pick a winner. So, if the Raptors are favored by five and a half, you would say, and you think the Raptors are going to win, you would say... The Raptors, uh, you know, th- them them winning that bet is uh, them winning by six. Can I just clarify? This At is least. all just to help you with your gambling p- gambling problems? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like you don't get any money
2: from Proline for this, do you?
0: No, uh, Proline's a sponsor, but oh, like, they are. But like they 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 just sponsor. <laughs> they just me. don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. They're like yeah. They're, yeah. it's like it's like what you long... need is
2: an actual sponsor to help yeah. with your Proline addiction. It's
0: like a it's a it's a long like kind of like deep Russia game I got going in there. So oh wow okay. Yeah.
2: By the um, way, just as a sidebar, just to the points thing. Imagine if instead of Players fouling out after they got six fouls. Every time you foul somebody, you lose two points. What do you think about that? Love so, it as a rule. Just an idea. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I think uh, I think love it might be a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> no,
0: I love it. I, uh, uh, no, I don't love it at all. Um, sorry, Ennis. That's fine. This um, is why we
2: have writers' rooms.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh am gonna Matt, read it off. Yeah, Matt. Well, why don't you cue us up? Sure. We got
1: uh, Lakers at Philly. Philly is a spread by seven and a half,
0: aka eight. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go you. Yeah, let's start with me, and then we'll. I'll, we'll, read, I'll read Kevin's last. Okay, and we'll pretend uh, we'll we'll make uh, Will after Ennis. So so one more time. So we got Lakers at Philly,
1: and Philly is a spread by eight.
0: Lakers at Philly at Philly, Philly, Philly spread by eight. Yeah, Lakers. What do you
2: think? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sixers.
3: Okay, uh-huh. and
2: they're going to win by eighteen. Whoa! What do you think about that? Whoa!
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> what's, what's your take, Will?
3: Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, for sure going to go Sixers.
2: Okay, you just said you sixers, hate the Sixers. Uh,
3: six, sixers by ten after Lonzo Ball uh, scores two uh, two own baskets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, my 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 thing is uh, Lonzo gets pulled like at some point in the third quarter and. Uh, they, they keep it within five because he's that. a foot shorter than Ben Simmons. Well, Lonzo's been getting benched, man. Yeah. Like he's been, and they're going Jordan Clarkson. And I also think that they're confused because uh, Ingram's playing really well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Where's that?
3: Uh, I think Lonzo's shot is so broken, it's going to start going backwards. Like it's going to, he's going to face. The opposing team's net and shoot, and it's going to go back towards his own net.
0: It's so broken that Lavar has started to say that he's thinking about putting his other sons uh, in, in <laughs> not the NBA, in different leagues. Oh, different <laughs> yeah, leagues. Yeah. No, that's not a direct. <laughs> like the ice cube, like the ice cube league, hey, the ice cube hey, league. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, we, so <laughs> Kevin sent in his bets, right, Matt? Uh, yes. Okay. What, what, what did he choose here? He chose Lakers. He chose Lakers. Okay. Ooh, yeah. What are, what are you doing?
1: Um what am I doing? I'm yeah. going to go uh I'm going to go Lakers as well cuz I want to sprinkle a little water on LA right now.
0: Wow. Okay. Lots of insensitive jokes. Over the way to way to make us feel I bad st- about picking Philly. Jeez, <laughs> Matt! I, <laughs> I started that, and and uh, it's it's absolutely not okay. Um, is that an ex- is that an expression? I'm gonna <laughs> when a basketball a team wins,
3: they're sprinkling a little water. <laughs> yeah,
0: getting <laughs> just, a little getting a little dewy in the box score tonight. Just keep in mind, uh, Matt is from uh, an entirely different planet. Um,
3: so that's where he's coming from. I mean, from. you could have said like, I think Lonzo Ball is gonna make it rain. Oh, nope, yeah! no nope, yeah, sprinkle some water. I'm gonna sprinkle some Instead water. Have you yeah. used an expression no one has ever <laughs> used or thought of using before.
2: Um, <sighs> I might have to sprinkle some water after this podcast. Yeah. Hey, but, uh, <laughs>
0: um, okay. uh, <laughs> Matt, I just
2: mean win a basketball game. Sorry.
0: let's do uh okay,
1: Washington at Phoenix. Washington has the spread by
2: eight. Uh, oh, I hate Washington. Yeah, the, no, I'll go Phoenix. I believe in oh, Phoenix. Okay, wow. Tonight of all nights. Without Booker, they're not expecting anything. Phoenix is going to win that game. Whoa. Yeah, in Phoenix, they did just beat Philly by 14 points before we stomped them, by the way. So yeah. they got they got something. Alex Len, 2020, double-double, four blocks. <laughs> Holy is shit. John
0: Wall playing tonight? I think he's still out.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah I'm happy with it. this. Phoenix. Phoenix. Well, okay. Uh, I'm going Phoenix because Bradley Beal just had such a like inhuman game. Oh yeah. 50 point game. Didn't he? 51. Yeah. Who'd they beat? they beat like port. I think they beat Portland. Yeah. Yeah. He scored the most points. Anyone has ever scored against Portland in their home arena. And uh, I just don't think he has two of them in him. And the Wizards are another team just filled with like guys who just cannot get it together. So, yeah, I think, and I think Phoenix is going to, rally around uh, injured booker who they all seem to really like so i think they're going to pull out the win for him
1: okay where's where's kevin at on this kevin went washington all right what do you okay. doing? um well phoenix is pretty dry there in the desert oh here we so go i'm gonna spread some <laughs> peanut butter on wait that, okay wait a second
2: i'm going <laughs> wait a second phoenix <laughs> don't you mean sprinkle some water <laughs>
0: this is so, i believe oh, the expression is sprinkle there.
3: Matt is perfectly dry, so I'm going to sprinkle some peanut butter on them so that God comes over and licks them, and the moisture from his tongue helps moisten the land. Oh, you
1: haven't heard that expression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spread Uh, some peanut butter. I thought you guys were intelligent.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to treat Phoenix like my genitals and <laughs> it so that a dog comes over and starts licking oh it. Oh my god, Jesus! Resulting uh, in a which win. Is the long way, which is the long way of saying, I think uh, Washington's going to win. <laughs>
0: nice. Um, I, I'm I'm going for uh, Phoenix. Uh, same logic as uh, Ennis and Will. Wow. Okay, let's uh, let's okay. start this one with Will. Okay, OKC
1: at Brooklyn. Ooh. OKC Ooh. has a spread by seven okay. and a half.
3: They're all eight. So, um, sorry. uh, I think, uh, o- o- I think OKC is going to win just because it's impossible to predict what's going to happen with that team right now. And I just don't, I don't think the nets, it's not like the Nets you know, have like crazy surprises in them. So I think OKC is going to be one of those games where they all play great and just like blow the nets out and then they'll lose the next two games.
0: Right. Um, uh, where's Kevin out on this? Kevin won Brooklyn.
1: Keep in mind Kevin's notoriously bad oh, at yeah. do this. Yeah, he's the worst at this, right? <laughs> Does he know D'Angelo Russell's hurt? <laughs> probably not. Okay, we he's probably he's head deep him. in an exam right now. Yeah. Where where are you at on this? Um Matt. Sorry, Matt. Do you want me to go? Yeah. Um I'm just not liking the cut of OKC's jib lately. And uh, you know, I feel like Damari Carroll is a is a whole new boy uh. in Brooklyn. Um, he was faking his knee problems. <laughs> what? He's oh fine. Wow,
0: a lot of conspiracy. <laughs> faking his knee co-
2: problems so that he could like have ammunition to to he call out that the train to Brooklyn. He wanted to go to uh, Brooklyn
1: for two the years whole time. And uh, uh, but he's gonna have an off game, so I'm going with OKC. Wow,
0: <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> what a journey. Um, you really sprinkled some water on that yeah. prediction if I'm using that correctly. Um, I think this is kind of a tough one because uh, because of OKC's play, but I think Brooklyn's right at that point of the season. Where, um, yeah, I'm kind of with Will here. They're, I think they're done having any kind of flukes. Flukes. So, uh, and the pressure is really mounting on OKC, and I think they need maybe one and a half of their superstars to absolutely blow this game out of the water. So I'm gonna go OKC. Okay. Um, what was the spread? Seven and a half
2: in Brooklyn.
1: F- in Brooklyn. Here's OKC. the thing.
2: OKC just beat, any any problems that people are talking about OKC having, they just beat Minnesota, the Spurs, and the Jazz, and the next five games they have are against teams under five hundred. I guess except for Indiana. Well, and Philly. Never mind. Uh, I'm going to go with, I think the I think the Thunder problems are, are done, and I think they're going to win this one handily.
0: Okay. And I think okay. we're about to
2: see OKC win maybe 10 of 12, 10 of 15 games.
0: Ooh, that's yeah. exciting. Right.
2: Yeah. Last
1: one, you ready? Last one, let's do it. Okay, we got Houston at Utah. Houston has a spread by five and a
0: half. Whoa. Houston at Utah. 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 So so this one's, I guess, Kevin's choice? Uh, yeah,
1: and he chose Houston.
0: Okay, well, what about you?
1: Well, Houston's uh, coming off a hurricane, so I'm not going <laughs> to sprinkle the water.
0: Wow, there's so this many is, <laughs> natural disaster <laughs> jabs. that, okay. And
2: also, in a weird way, you're just showing how, how arbitrary all of this is.
0: Very profound, oh, very it's a existential.
2: Hurricane, the hurricane was like months ago, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was a pretty long time ago. I'm pretty sure they don't need me sprinkling any water there still. That's a valid okay? point. You make a valid okay. point. I'm going to vacuum that water up, and I'm going to give it to Houston. Oh. <laughs> what? In a grab <laughs> bag. in a grab
2: bag. A grab bag. <laughs> oh,
0: that's so weird. I love you. Um,
2: <laughs> Boy, uh, if Houston was playing L.A., I really wouldn't want to know your prediction. It'd yeah, so p- uh, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to have <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go Houston because they're the best team in the NBA. Ennis? Uh what's the spread? Five and a half for Houston. Five and a half for Houston. I'm You're gonna, gonna say
2: that uh you know what, they're not gonna have an answer for Rudy Gobert's revival. Whoa. This is Whoa. why you don't pick these things because I'm a huge the Jazz are my other team, so I'm probably gonna lose tonight. But
0: I'm going Utah Jazz to win that Whoa. game. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's right. Or lose by three. Um well Guys, uh, I'm probably going to be late for work. Wait, I wait, didn't Will give my- Will, my oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry, yeah. Will.
3: Sorry, go. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and give Utah multiple wives because it's a <laughs> Mormon state. But by wives, I mean points. <laughs> And by multiple
0: points, I mean more than one, because they will be crushed by the Houston Rockets. <laughs> okay, I think uh, the the new format of this podcast needs to be just like <laughs> meandering, weird, weird answers on bets. Yeah. Um,
2: okay. I'll put that prediction in some Tupperware and keep it in my freezer for
0: the winter months. Will Jazz by four. Will. I love you. Do you got anything yep. coming up in, uh, in LA that, uh, people need to know about or elsewhere?
3: Um, in, um, I don't even know how long
0: months from
3: now. Okay. Um, cause I'm assuming you're going to put this out pretty quickly unless, uh, I'm incorrect. And we just predicted games from like two weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, yeah, you're going to bank this one uh, oh, yeah. in, uh, timeless content, uh, probably like, probably like four or five minutes or four or five minutes four or five months my uh album is coming out and it's called uh unless i change the title it's going to be called fuck this guy
0: (laughs) nice so it's going to be on
3: itunes uh yeah it's going to be on itunes okay
0: what the hell was that tone i don't
3: i don't got to go through the motions of like plugging digital distribution website. Oh,
2: is this what it's going to be like on the album? I
0: can't wait. Just tell me if (laughs) you think
3: kind (laughs) of is. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Just tell me if you like the company Apple. That's what I want to know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Will or fuck. Sorry.
2: Um, Ennis. Yes. What's up? I don't mind you calling me Will. Um, What am I doing? Yeah. I'm doing this podcast. A lot of fun. If you, uh, if you uh, wanted to see me on TV, Uh, Season three of Red Oaks is out on Amazon Prime, which, by the way, if you have an Apple TV, I love the company Apple and the Apple TV. Uh Uh, Just got a notification on my iPhone about this. Uh, Amazon Prime is now available on Apple TVs. Go to Amazon Prime. You watch all three seasons of Red Oaks. It's great for Christmas because it's summer. You can really yeah. sprinkle some water on the yeah, right. on your winter blues <laughs> with uh, a season of, of, uh, of Red Oaks. And also I want a show <laughs> called Blind Spot that airs Fridays at 8 o'clock on NBC. If you like something that's the complete opposite of a show like Red Oaks. That's all I got. There you go. And I'll just be uh, eating pies, and f- pies and fries.
0: Amazing. Um, Kevin, uh, you know. Hey, Ennis.
3: Yeah. Uh, do you, you remember the old uh, Apple PC or the old uh, Mac PC with oh. commercials with Justin Long yeah. and uh, John Hodgman? Uh, yeah. Uh, if they had uh, instead decided to go with uh, two Turkish guys yep. and you were one of the guys cast, mm-hmm. who would be the other guy Anist in which Cantor. roles would the two of you have filled?
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, I think uh, if he comes back from injury in time, it would be Furkan Korkmaz oh. of the Philadelphia 76ers. No, it'd be <laughs> Cantor. Come on, it'd be great. True story, I actually auditioned for the PC. In uh, in those commercials, I as did. everybody yeah. else did. Yeah, I feel remember like. that.
1: Right. Yeah. Did you also audition? I <laughs> went for that? We the Justin Long part. Yeah. Guys, oh.
0: uh, it's very oh, important. Yeah. I I want to make a plug here for myself. I don't usually do this. Go ahead. You got a, got a I got an OLG commercial coming out Oh, nice. You might just see the back of my head. That's right. Might just. And you might just see me look a little bit to one direction. When horses, the band? When horses start running. Oh, no, nice. that would be cool. One Direction's riding <laughs> yeah, horses. Direction. I would love to be a fan of a One Direction <laughs> band. Um, okay. Well, uh, I love you all. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Okay. Goodbye. Hello. Bye. Bye, Will. Bye, Will. You love you. Guys, Bye. On. I got to go to work. Bye, guys. Okay, see ya. Bye.
1: This is been the Confederacy of Dunks. We're on iTunes. If you guys could give us a rating, that would be great. Um, we're also on Stitcher. You can listen there or go to dunkspodcast.com, and you can listen there and listen there and listen there and sprinkle some water on it. Okay, bye.